were there and a few other guys. You had some precious moments there, eh, Tim? Just some precious. Do you want to tell us a story or two? Well, I just think a lot of these folks, they are just ignored, not seen. You know, they're the hidden in Carlisle. And, uh, you know, a lot of them aren't really fully there, but a lot of the staff were there, and they loved just actually the community coming to them and acknowledging what they were doing. And I was really touched. And, you know, it was really good. It was a good time. I know Fiona, son, and Marshall, they had a great time. And it was just a, it was a blessing. Did you say people feel unseen? Oh, yeah. I mean, you can't get in there. You, they're just... A lot of these folks aren't actually present and aware of who's there. You know, I met a lady who was blind, couldn't hear very well, just sits there all day. And she just, you know, just touching their hand, just, you know, just trying to encounter them. And they were very, I think, very receptive to that. I remember last week we just talked about this radical, crazy idea of if we all put these three words into practice, love your neighbor, like nothing more than that. If that's all we did for a whole year, like we're just going to love our neighbor. And our neighbor are those precious folk at the residential care homes in the city. Those people that seen, who feel unseen, overlooked. Yesterday we were down on Corporation Road where they had nine foot of flooding. Just can't even grasp it. Even when you're at the house and you see the flood mark, you still can't quite understand it. And I was chatting to a gentleman and we just had, it was just a box of chocolates, like 55 peas worth of chocolate. And as we hand it over to him, and we say, you're not forgotten. This gentleman just starts to weep. Just starts to weep, because he just feels so isolated and so alone. And then I'm two doors down, there's this other family, and we just say, listen, we're just here to let you know that you're not alone. You haven't been forgotten. They say, well, where are you from, lad? I said, oh, we're just from a local church, just saying Hello. I said, which church? I said, oh, you probably won't have heard of us. It's called Carlisle Vineyard Church. He said, Carlisle Vineyard Come in, come in, come in. And Miriam and Phil and others had been there, taking some of the dehumidifiers there, and she just wouldn't stop talking about how grateful she's been. Whilst the walls are damp and the bare, and there's still a whole stack of stuff to do. So we're not far in this city from people in need. And last week when we given out those, um, we call them st- uh, twigs of vegetation or bundles of hope, opportunities of life. And here's one of my favorite texts I got last week. This is by someone who's not even part of Carlisle Vineyard, but he just stumbled in last week. He said this, you guys, which is you, you guys were just what I needed today. And then he tells me about his neighbor. A 92-year-old neighbor was so touched by the flowers. Her husband never bought her any flowers. And then because of heard what they're doing, they want to give towards the encouragement shed. And they're not even part of it. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? So this lady, he reckoned she hadn't had flowers in 70 years. And I think that cost us as Carlisle Vineyard 45 pence. 45 pence. 45 pence can bring a lot of hope. See, what we're going to be talking about today and over the next period of time is about the kingdom. And about this kingdom culture. And culture and kingdom are in some ways two um, words or themes that are quite hard to grasp. The, the way I understand culture is very simply as, well, culture 
it's not always easy to explain, it's not always easy to grasp, but culture is best defined as it's just what we do around here. It kind of just oozes from us. So part of our culture is to welcome people with hospitality. For us to ever to charge for a croissant would break all the rules, and we don't even have rules. But that would be like cutting across our culture because we believe that God is a welcoming God. And that's part of setting and shaping a culture. So if culture is what we do around here, what is the kingdom? What is the kingdom of God? Well, the Bible's interesting when you start to read about the kingdom of God because you don't just have one verse or one passage that says, listen up, let me tell you in one snippet, this is exactly what the kingdom of God is like. But as you read the Bible, as you read through the Gospels, it's like Jesus will say, oh, oh, listen, the kingdom of God, well, it's a little bit like dot, dot, dot. And it's a little bit like um, shards of glass. So we get a shard or, or a glimpse into the kingdom. Now, the clearest picture we've ever had of what it looks like to see the kingdom come is in Jesus. Like like when we see Jesus, we see and understand what it means for the kingdom to come. Hardly to do with he is the king. And a kingdom has a king. And Jesus is unlike any other king. He is a kindest king. He is a king of kings. No one is too far gone for this king. No one is too poor for this king. No, no one is too broken for this king. This king is not a king who sits aloof in a palace, but this is a king who's on the streets, meeting people exactly where they are, meeting people at all the wrong places, at all the wrong times, but just meeting them where they are. So he's the wonderful king. He's our king, and he would love to be your king as well. So the king has a kingdom. And when we see Jesus come and we start to get an understanding, well, what does it mean? Or what is it? What is a kingdom? Well, here's what I know about the kingdom. When the king and the kingdom come, what happens to the hungry? So Jesus, he sees people who are hungry. He says, okay, we need to do something that people are hungry. And people are like, Jesus, we can never feed all of these people. They take all of our wages. And in that moment, Jesus just sees something very, very simple. Two and five come together, supernatural encounter, and suddenly 5,000 and more are fed and way beyond baskets are full. It's like this week of generosity. It just doesn't make sense that you're giving out all this stuff and you receive more joy than ever. See, the kingdom of God is topsy-turvy. It cannot be worked out like a mathematical equation. Because part of the kingdom of God is say, when you give your life, you find your life. When you give, you receive. It just doesn't always make sense. Part of being in the kingdom, when somebody hits you or persecutes you, you don't take them to court, you don't pursue them, you don't hunt them down, you don't turn them to be your enemy, you don't hit them back, you love them. Like the kingdom of God is topsy-turvy. It doesn't always make sense to the people watching in around. But in Jesus' eyes, it makes perfect sense. So when the king and the kingdom come, the hungry get fed. 
And what happened to the sick? They get healed. When the king and the kingdom come, the blind eyes, they can see. So I wonder today, here in this space, what happens when the kingdom comes? What happens when the kingdom comes? And already we know that the king is here. Bringing courage to heart. I had a sense as we were worshipping there that Jesus just slowly and surely is rebuilding some broken hearts in this room. I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to embarrass you. But it's just like Jesus has been doing some repair work on your heart. And even there, you can't explain it. You can't quite grasp it. But you know that Jesus has been doing some repair work on your heart. Just building you up again. I wonder what else Jesus wants to do today. Let me just read this to you. This is when Jesus has given us a glimpse or a shard about what the kingdom is. This is from Mark chapter 4. And you've got Matthew, Mark, Luke, John all telling the same story but from a slightly different angle about the king and the kingdom. Jesus said this, The kingdom of God is like a farmer who scattered seed on the ground. Night and day, while he is asleep or awake, the seed sprouts and grows. But he does not understand how it happens. But another translation says, all by itself. The kingdom is growing just all by itself. I love this. First, a leaf blade pushes through. Then the heads of wheat are formed. And finally the grain ripens. And as soon as the grain is ready, the farmer comes and harvests it with a sickle. For the harvest time has come. Isn't that beautiful? This is just, again, just Jesus giving us, he's a glimmer, he's an aspect of what the kingdom is. And he's saying he's just like a farmer sowing some seeds. And I love how he's saying that. So this kingdom he's talking about, it can never be contained to one person. It can never be contained in a building. It can never even be contained by the church. The kingdom of God is way bigger. And the kingdom of God is at work when we're awake and when we're asleep. And what we've seen in this city is God has been at work for a long time. Jesus was here in Carlisle before Carlisle Vineyard. We do know that, don't we? Jesus has been at work in your life, in my life, in our friends and our neighbours. He's been at work. The kingdom is at work, whether we're awake and aware or asleep and naive. And I believe his people in this room, here and now, and it's like you've been searching and longing to know what this life is all about. And you don't have it all together. It's it's not all complete just yet. But you know in Jesus you found something or someone that you want to give your life to. And when you look back over your life, you think, how have I got to this position now where I'm standing before Jesus and saying, Jesus, you can have all of me. I want to give my life to you wholly and complete. I want to be part of what you're doing here in this city. 
think part of our pro... Um, let me just pause. Let me just check. You know, I, I, I don't just want to be busy. I, I don't want us to be a busy church full of a long list of activities. I, I don't want that. I want to pursue the king and the kingdom with every ounce of what we have. I want our resources, whether it's finance or generosity, whatever it is, to be in line with what Jesus is up to in this city. I want us to be pursuing him and pursuing those that he's leading us to. So I want Jesus to be leading us in every area. Does that make sense? Because it's easy where people say, you know, if it, as the church grows, you need to have all these activities. I'm like, you know, I, I don't just want to get busy for the sake of busy. I want to be pursuing the king and the kingdom. So I love how the kingdom can never be contained. And what is the result of a great heart of the kingdom? Well, the result of a great harvest is a great harvest. And I love this picture we have here. And as I'm preparing this in the week, I just had a sense that this picture here is going to be important for some people here. Because it talks in that passage we just read there that um, first, a leaf blade pushes through and then the fruit comes or then the harvest comes. And this incredible thing about these seeds, and you've seen it, haven't you? And you see the road or a concrete or tarmac and somehow there's a seed being planted underneath. But the strength in that seed is greater than the concrete, is greater than the tarmac. And somehow, this tiny fragile thing, which I could pick up with my two little fingers, has the strength to get through the concrete. And these seeds will find any crack in any place and life will come. There's people in this room and you are breakthrough kind of people. You paid a high price for it. And you're perhaps even now paying a high price for it. But I believe that you are the first blade. I believe that you are the first blade. So your pain has not gone wasted. The struggle that you've had has not been for nothing. You are the first leaf blade. And because of your breakthrough in your area in life, it's going to bring a lot of life to a lot more people. Your breakthrough is not just for you. It's not just for you. It's not just for you. And there's voices in this room and you need to find your voice because we live in a voiceless. We have a lot of people who are voiceless. So find your voice. Break in and break through. There's people in this room who are... Are you going to bring them back? Oh, great. So is the kingdom going to come? See, the beautiful thing about this is Jesus wants to do something in us and through us. When I look around this room, I just see some incredible people who are up to some incredible things. Some things public, 
some things private, some things on a platform, and some things like a ninja. But what we love and know and understand about the kingdom of God is sometimes it is public and sometimes it's ninja. But the kingdom is at work. The kingdom is at work. Neville, um, would you come again, please, Mr. Neville? Mr. Neville's been a good friend of ours for a long time now. He is a gift, a gift to the city. And we had a fine lunch together earlier this week in the uh, covered market. Um, I think I went for green curry, you went for yellow curry. It was a fine choice by both. But we were talking a little bit about what it means for the kingdom to come and how we don't just want to be spectators, but we want to see more. We want to see more. Not just on the spectacular, but as the normal. Because if Jesus is here in the room, then that means the kingdom's here. And Jesus hasn't lost any power. He hasn't lost anything that he... When we saw the hungry get fed or the miraculous happen, the blind see. So my question is today, just, do you have something, a sense, and if not, that's okay. Do you think there's some healing in the room for today, Neville? I think there's always healing in the room when God's in the room because it's the heart of God to heal people. So yes, in a sense, I, I do feel that because I just think that's, you know, we don't have to ask the question of God. Hello? <laughs> don't have to ask the question of God, are you in the mood to heal people today? Because God is always in the mood to heal people. That's just who he is, what he's like. How would you like to do this just now then, Neville? <laughs> do you have any specific words for people or senses? Um, no, actually, I, ha- I haven't any specific words at the moment. But I, but I do feel strongly that God likes to heal. <laughs> Well, one thing we sometimes do is if you have pain in your body in any place, whether it's a heart or head, bones or anything, why don't you just take your hand and if you want to close your eyes, that's fine. If you want to keep your eyes open and to watch, that's okay. There's nothing weird going on. But you know when Jesus comes and you read the stories about Jesus, some people were amazed and some people like, What's going on here? So we're okay with questions about this. So all we're going to do, very simply, we're just going to, if you've got some pain in your body, just lay your hand on that part of your body and Neville will just pray, very simply. Kids, you're so welcome. You're so welcome, kids. You're so welcome. Okay, thanks, Neville. So you just put your hand on the affected part. You know what? it is that's hurting or the matter is and God knows what the matter is and we don't just pray as individuals but we pray as God's family together and we just pray now sickness be gone pain be gone, stiffness, inflammation whatever it is be gone in the name of Jesus we just command healing not because we can do anything but because you have given us permission to do that because you've given us as your people that authority to bring down heaven to earth to command in a sense the power of God to come down to earth and Lord I know that we're just beginners in this we're just learning 
we're not like Jesus, we can't get it right every time, but we believe that your heart is to heal, and we believe it's your heart to heal now. And we just receive that healing in the name of Jesus, and we command that healing in the name of Jesus. So whatever it is that you're touching, whatever it is you put your hand on, we want to command it to be healed, to be restored, to be made well, to be recovering in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Okay, thank you, Nam. So here's what we've got. We've got some more tea, more coffee, and also an opportunity to try out. If you've had pain somewhere in your body, you think, oh, I wonder if it's any better. Well, if it's any better or any shift, just let us know. Give us a shout. If you haven't filled in your connection form, please fill that in now. Um, if you haven't talked to anybody or you're not sure who people are, just go and say, hello, my name is blah, 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 and introduce yourself. So we've got small groups happening in the week. If you want to connect, those are on the sign-up sheet as we head out. So next week is Scattered Feast. So go bring life wherever you live, work or play. Thanks for being with us today. Bless you. Bless you.